everybody, it is episode 10 of the Always Relevant Podcast. This is Terrell Cummings, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, we've made the double-digit episodes. I'm surprised we have, but we are here, and we're excited, and uh, we're ready to have a good time today. Um, on today's show, we're we'll talking about whether or not I should let my son play uh, contact football and what age I'll let him do so. Uh, we're going to discuss Ole Miss players being upset that their coach was fired after only three years. And um, we're also going to discuss uh, the 49ers radio announcer, Tim Ryan, suspended um, for how he described a football potentially blending in with the skin of Lamar Jackson. So that's kind of what we're talking about today. That's going to be on today's show. We're excited and we look forward to it. Appreciate you listening and um, let's have a good one. Talk to you shortly. All right, everyone. Uh, this is Terrell. I am here today. Like I said, an intro. This is the 10th episode of our podcast, and we have made it so far. It's a good thing. It's been a good experience. Um, today, you have me solo, so we don't have any guests or anything to kind of help. Um disperse your attention sorry about that you're doing boring on me today so i will try to keep it short and sweet and um nothing too crazy ultimately um recording on saturday morning things just been super hectic and everything but want to get this out if we can um don't want to take too much of your time but wanted to come out and um you know discuss our our little episode so um Today, I'm going to ask myself the normal question, how are you and how are you really? Uh, how am I? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, you know, over the holiday weekend, you know, things, things were, it was good seeing family and everything like that. Um, how am I really? Honestly, I don't know. I can't explain it. Just, uh, I don't know, underlying frustration just in general with some things, um, Nothing crazy I'm probably going to even, you know, bring up around here. But, yeah, just different things. has me a little frustrated. But, on a good note, sign Kato for basketball. Talk to um, the advisor of the league. See, he was supposed to be in the four or five-year-old bracket. See if he could bump it up to the six and seven-year-old bracket. They they gave the okay on it. So, Elaine and I should be hearing from the coach within the next week as far as doing that and starting him in his first basketball league. So, that's going to be exciting. As far as everything, but overall, my mood is so-so. Um, it could be better. It is what it is. Just chalk it up. But want to get into it. Want to get into my sports weekend. Um, still kind of in football mode. That's just me. It's how it goes till it's actually over. So this is kind of a sad time of year for me because it seems like it feels like football is winding down. Regular season is winding down. You're getting the conference championships and everything. So. It is, it is kind of sad for me, but uh, for West Carrollton, they haven't played, they didn't make the playoffs, but receiver Austin Jones was named third team All-Ohio uh, for this season. And he's the first West Carrollton full player to be named to the All-State team since 2005, so that's awesome. Congratulations, Austin Jones. He is the record-holding receiver at West Carrollton. I believe he has all the records. Um he broke any records that I had and anybody else that had, that had anything there. So that is awesome. He can chalk it up. 
He is he is the guy, and he's well deserving. He's good, and I look forward to seeing what college is going to go to because I think he can definitely play at Division one level, and um, you know, hopefully he's able to he's able to talk some colleges throughout this season, and um, you know, I think he's be kind of a diamond in the rough pick. So that'll be good. Um, nothing paying over college. Their season is done. Um, they had a lot of players that were on the all the all conference team and everything. I won't get into all that, but. Uh, I know Coach Theo and his coaching staff, I saw they're recruiting. They're out hitting hard, and um, I look forward to what I can do next year. They got beat pretty good by Mountain Union last week um, or a couple weeks back, and they know what the standard is, and I'm sure that they're going to strive to go, you know, get that standard. Um, as far as Michigan football last week, you know, my brother and I were talking about that before, and unfortunately they lost to Ohio State. I don't even have the score, but – it was a lot to not enough, ultimately. Um, Michigan kept it close in the first half, but in order for them to win, they're going to have to play mistake-free football, and they ultimately did not do that. They came down, they drove a couple times, and they scored a couple times on Ohio State, and um, you know, they were driving again, and for whatever reason, Shea Patterson took the eye of the football on a snap, and he fumbled it, and Michigan lost the ball, which that happens. I'm sure he's getting pass rushed and getting pressure all day. So he's probably just trying to do something in a hurry and kind of took something for granted as far as just the snap and fumble the football. So that does happen. Uh, the other thing that took place, so that was a turning point in the game, was Michigan jumped on a punt. Um, they jumped off sides. And I don't see how they can do that because the two dudes that jumped off sides are right in front of the ball. The ball is literally maybe a foot from their face, and they're the ones that jumped off sides. So I don't know if they clapped. I didn't watch it that closely to see exactly what happened. I don't know if how they clapped to try to snap the ball or if they had some kind of hard count. Either way, it shouldn't matter. Kids, if you're in front of the ball and you're staring at it, you shouldn't even listen to the snap count. You should just be staring at the football and don't move until the ball moves, period. So that was just a dumb mistake that was made. And in Ohio State got field position. They went down and scored, and that was it. So I got to give props to Ohio State. They were good. Um, they came out and they just had better athletes than what Michigan did. Uh, Michigan was taking advantage of a matchup with their linebackers and their tight ends in the first half. Or Michigan, Ohio State coaches, they adjusted in the second half. Didn't allow that to happen. Um, they had control of the ball in the second half. J.K. Dobbins, I was like he was a decent back. Haven't really watched him too closely, but I think he's definitely NFL back. I didn't think he had the speed, but I was wrong. He 100% has the speed. And, um... He's a good player. I want to give him his props. You know, he's definitely good. Uh, Justin Fields came out, and he played well. He had a, he had a little bit of kind of a nasty injury. Got rolled up on a little bit. Um, his knee. So, look, I thought he was going to be hurt. He's going to be out for a while. He went back in the tent, and he's back out like that same series. They just threw like a, a knee brace on him, and he went out first play and threw a touchdown pass. So, I know that was against the doctor's wishes. He went out and did that. I don't know what really it was. He had to at least sprain something. So I don't know if he went into the tent and decided to take a shot or something to get rid of that pain. I know if you hyperextend something, the pain just doesn't go away. It's always going to be there. So he went out there, ran around a little bit on it, threw a touchdown pass immediately. So I don't know what it is. Hopefully it's not too bad for him. I don't want to be hurt. Um, but he came out and played. And the coaches outcoached him. And everybody's talking about, like, well, should Harbaugh be replaced? Should they find a new coach? Blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And 
I honestly don't think so. I don't know what it's going to do. If they do do that, it's just going to set the program back a little bit um, and be in a, a similar situation that they're already in. I'd rather just ride it out with Coach Harbaugh. He is bringing in recruits. He needs to bring in more of them. He needs to bring in larger, a larger volume of five, five-star recruits. Not necessarily five-star recruits. That's the five-star system is skewed, but top-level recruits. Because um, Michigan, they just haven't been able to reload as often as Ohio State can. And you can tell Ohio State that player, that NFL players all over the field. Where Michigan has a few NFL players on the field, Michigan or Ohio State, like three-fourths of their defense, they're going to be NFL players. That's just what it is. And Michigan just isn't there yet. And they, they can't really keep up with that kind of talent on a regular basis right now. And their recruiting's got to change. And another thing that bothered me about the game was it was there was one play where Michigan, I think it might have been the second half, where they might have still had a small chance. It was like a fourth and one. And they proceed to run a dive up the middle. And I don't understand that. I don't understand what made them think that this is going to work because their offensive line haven't pushed anybody backwards all year. So I don't know what makes them think that when they're playing one of the top front sevens in the country, that they're all of a sudden going to be able to run the ball on a fourth down where they know you're going to run it and think you're going to get the first down. That was one of the stupidest things I think they could have ever done. And I don't know why they continue to keep doing stuff like that. Because if they watch the film, and I'm a novice, I'm I'm, I'm a sideline coach here watching the film and watching the team all year. Their offensive linemen have not pushed anybody back all season from Middle Tennessee State to Army to Wisconsin to Ohio State. They haven't pushed around people. It just hasn't happened. They found other ways to run. Uh, running backs have made cuts to make something happen, but they have not been able to just run a straight dive for success all year. So that's just me. That's the frustrating part about things. But I will stick with Harbaugh, in my opinion. Ultimately, Michigan is going to be probably their nine, maybe ten win team. They're a good program, but you know they need to figure out ways to take steps to be the great program. They can do it, you know, but. How are they going to do it? I don't know. Right now, I don't see a hotshot head coach out there that can come out and they're like the recruiting guru or anything like that. Um, Harbaugh's not figured out. And I wouldn't let him do it. You know, he has the guys in there. He needs to get his rotation. We'll see if the tie can turn. There's another coaching change with Ryan Day, his first year head, head coach for Ohio State. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to keep the recruiting hold like Urban Meyer did in the state of Ohio. I think that makes a difference. I think Michigan needs to recruit the state of Ohio harder and get more players that they, instead of getting them good Ohio State, that's all they know is Ohio State winning. You know, they need to get more players coming back to Michigan. So hopefully they can start doing that. Moving on, I know you guys are sick of hearing about Michigan football. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Bengals, they're still the Bungles, but they got their first win of the season against the Jets. They won 22-6. to six. Andy Dalton came back to start. Well, he gave him a little bit of a spark. And, um, you know, what really turned the tide this game was the defense. Carlos Dunlap, I think, had three sacks. Defense played hard. They were providing pressure all day. And they showed up. And, you know, it's scary. They got that win. I don't know if getting wins is a good thing now because the draft picks and everything. You know, we don't want, obviously, the Bengals fan base would like for them since they're not going to go to the playoffs 
to be able to get a high draft pick. So we'll see how it goes. But it looks like now Bengals players, they obviously have pride in what they do. And they're going to go for wins, whether the fan base wants it or not. So I applaud them for that. I give them props. I hope they can finish the year strong. And I'm glad for the coach, uh, Zach Taylor. It's his first win. And he can build on it. So I hope it gets better. Um, fantasy. FanDuel, I came out fourth for the week. Puts me back in first place overall. Trying to hold it off. Trying to get this money. And, um, you know, trying to hold it down. Um, in the PPR League, I won the first round of the playoffs. Which was huge because the guy that I beat, his team scored the most points in the league. But for whatever reason, unfortunately, everybody else put their best effort against him. So he was not in first place. And it came down to me having DK Metcalf and him having Dalvin Cook. And Dalvin Cook ended up getting hurt in the Monday night game. And I ended up being able to hold on for the win. So puts through the second round. And, um, you know, hopefully good things can happen. Because like I said, if we win this league... Get that 2K. Try to make that paper. That's the goal. So, at least want my money back. Get my $250 back. But, ideally, i like to get that uh, that $2,000. Uh, Michigan basketball. They showed up last weekend. They won the Battle of Atlantis tournament. Um, they beat North Carolina and Gonzaga in the process of doing that. Overall, they're 7-1. and one. Um, After them winning that tournament, they went from unranked to number four in the country was an absolute crazy jump. I don't even think the basketball, NCAA basketball should have rankings until like January because everybody's still figuring themselves out early in the season. But it is what it is. So that means that they had the matchup this past week against Louisville, number one versus number four in Louisville. So that was a tough matchup for them. They did take the L there, but I can't see them dropping too far because Louisville was solid. And, um, you know, I think they're a top 25 team for right now. And we'll see what happens. They beat Iowa last night pretty good, and that was good. Excuse me, that was a good start to Big Ten play. Lastly, University of Dayton basketball. Uh, Dayton, they're six and one overall. They lost in the finals of their, I think, tournament in Maui to Kansas. They played well. They played in the overtime. They played Kansas tough. I think that Dayton is a sleeper team this year. They have a lot of talent. They're playing well. They can just figure some things out. I think they can really. Um, make some noise. I think they make some noise in their conference. And I honestly think they can make some noise in the NCAA tournament. And I'm definitely going to be watching them this year. So that's my sports weekend. I know it was a lot of talking, but it was interesting. It was sometimes fun. Not as fun for me because Michigan lost. But got to the bounce back. And I'm looking forward to seeing it happen. So we'll go from there. Hi, everyone. Um, had an interesting conversation this week with the, actually um, our intern at our at my job. Um, he was asking me, we're, we're discussing sports and football and everything, and he was asking me about whether or not I would have, I would allow my son to play football, and if so, at what age? Because he said that, you know, when he was growing up, he said he kind of, he wouldn't play football when he was younger, and his parents never let him do it. And now he's looking at everything, and kind of everybody in the NFL with like CTE and everything like that. And he said, it's kind of just scary to think about. And if I was ever worried about it when I played, 
and what I worry do I worry about it with my kids and everything and and I told him like you know I never worried about concussions and all that stuff CTE but I also know that looking at everybody everybody got concussions over the years um it seemed to affect everybody differently like one person had a concussion I never really like me personally I never really experienced too many symptoms after having a concussion so the last one I had was probably in college um words from sports where um I felt fine. I was I got knocked out in the middle of a game. I tried to go out in and play because I felt fine during the game, but everybody said that I was uh, looked woozy on the sidelines. Um, ultimately, felt like I was doing okay, but then after the game, um, I did feel nauseous after the game. So I normally would go and hang out with everybody tailgating. Instead, my parents and I we went back to uh, just my dorm room and I laid down for a little bit. So to like the, the feeling, the nauseous feeling kind of calmed down. Um, that was really the main thing that I experienced, but I know many other people that have had concussions, you know, they'll have the nausea, they'll have the headaches, they'll have the sensitive to light and everything like that. So, you know, it is, it is something to definitely think about, but like I said, it affects everybody differently and it can be the big hits, it can be the small hits. It can be the combination, accumulation of all those hits. I'm not sure, but sorry, the alarm in the house is going off, but it got taken care of. But um, yeah, I don't know. But then he's like, "How do you feel about your son? My son is five. He's played flag football previously, and he loves football. He enjoys watching football. Um, he's super excited about football, and he loves watching like plays and." Highlights of football. He likes the idea of scoring touchdowns and everything like that. So he's all about it. There's a point in time where I know he's going to want to play. And I feel like the earliest I would probably let him play is middle school. Maybe like seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade. Um, first of all, you know, kids running around like little bobbleheads, these big helmets on and everything. It's just tough. Because some are more aggressive than others. Some are smaller than others. Some are larger than others. You know, a lot of times the daddy coaches that are out there don't know how to actually coach and everything like that. So they don't teach them proper technique, you know. So it puts the kids at higher risk for injury. Um, like I said, they, they have their big helmets out there, kind of like bobbleheads, and they can have a lot of um, unintended hitting of the helmets. So I'm not sure. I know some people are taking the stance that I wouldn't let my kid play football at all. Um, I don't know if I'm on that route yet. But I did see something saying, like, you know, 96% of ex-NFL players have or had the had CTE, had the brain disease of some sort. So um, – they're going through a few different things, and I'm looking at one study. I was, I was it was on CNN. I forget who the actual uh, who actually did the study. Um, I probably should have that, and I'm sorry, but it says that a report show an increasing number of retired NFL players have suffered concussions, have developed memory and cognitive issues such as dementia, Alzheimer's, depression, and chronic traumatic encephalopathy, aka CTE. So, facts, most concussions occur without losing consciousness. 
Uh, CTE is a degenerative disease of the brain and is associated with repeated head traumas like concussions. Um, and then it kind of goes into who's who's kind of suing the league because of this. But um, some other statistics, or other not necessarily statistics, but um, symptoms of concussions, what headaches, confusion, memory loss, loss of consciousness, and vision change, hearing change, mood change, fatigue, malaise. Um, you know, those are some symptoms to look for. Parents, if your kids are playing sports and they do have concussion, or you you might think they have a concussion, you're not sure because not all concussions are obvious. Um, you know, we get into it where we talk about getting your bell rung in football. So, like, you get hit and, like, everything kind of, I don't say it goes black, but it's kind of like you see stars. It's kind of like the bright light feeling. You get hit and obviously your head hurts for a second and it kind of goes away. You know, I don't know. Someone said they used to love the feeling of hitting somebody and everything goes black for like five seconds, which some people like that feeling. I was never a fan of the feeling, um, especially when you're the one getting hit and that happens. You know, that's what's kind of weird when that happens. So I can understand people being concerned or worried about their kids having those kinds of feelings. You know, we grew up playing and, you know, it was kind of a thing we got used to or something that we um play through you know unless it was unless you got knocked out or something like that or some super obvious or you were stumbling around or you were throwing up on a sideline because you got hit you know then then it's kind of a little bit different but i definitely understand the concern you know with people's kids and their their minds and development i don't know how long it takes for their brains to finish uh, developing at a young age but you know it's definitely something to worry about definitely something to look at and um it is a scary thing it is a serious thing and I don't know. It's just tough as far as keeping keeping someone keeping the kid away if he loves if Caden loves the sport. And you know we do everything to prepare him for it. And um, you know if when he wants to play five, seven years down the line when he's in middle school, and. Um, We'll see what the studies are then. You know, they, they've made large strides since I played as far as that kind of information. So I'm sure Elaine and I will definitely study up on that. But I also know concussions happen in other sports as well. Um, her, you know, you may be more susceptible to getting a concussion playing soccer. But I also know that you're not getting the, re- the repeated head trauma on a regular basis like you do in football. So it's just one of those things. Where it's tough, we'll have to look into the situation and and go from there. So I would like to hear from you guys as far as this. Uh, I will put a link out to where you guys can uh, send a voicemail uh, through the Anchor website. There's a link where you can do that, and I'll check out periodically and and see what's good. And um, you know, maybe we'll discuss this further a few, you know, a little bit more in depth. Um, I'll try to bring in some of my some guys up that I may play football with that have gone through concussions. And the whole process. I know that uh, Hanover College, where I played, um, our former defense coordinator sent us all, or sent a lot of us, a link to um, do a survey as to um, us having concussions and kind of 
what the school did to prevent them or what kind of treatment we had for them or at the time when we played and, and all of that. And, you know, kind of we've experienced symptoms and all that. So I think it's a good thing that they're doing that. You know, I think you got to try to do what you can to get out in front of it if possible. I know we're all behind the eight ball on it right now, but I do think it was a solid survey. And um, I hope that a lot of the, the players, if you are listening to this, check your email. Um, if not, I can send it to you the link for the survey as far as um, your experience with concussions when you played football at Hanover. Um, you know, I think them getting that data is a good thing. I think that the more they know, the better. It can make a difference. And um, I don't know. Hit me up. Let me know. So. everybody uh for this segment i want to bring up the fact that almost four players are upset that their head coach uh i believe it was matt luke was fired after only three seasons um the athletic director keith carter addressed the team and as he did so to kind of let them know of the decision that was made there was definitely a group of players that stormed out of the meeting early um some were seniors that didn't have any eligibility left others were just contributors from this season, I know, like, I guess the starting running back was one of them, I forget his name, and another defensive end. But the players, they were, um, they were definitely upset about the whole thing. Um, the athletic department, they haven't given any signs as to whether the assistant coaches will be retained or not. Um, I know after the meeting, junior offensive lineman Chandler to it, he said half the team is talking about leaving. He said uh, if the entire coaching staff is dismissed, he doesn't think a lot of the players will stay on the team. Um, I know one of the players, they were saying that, you know, they grew up an Ole Miss fan, so he's going to stick, you know, stick around regardless and try to, you know, be a glue for the team. But a lot of the players on the team, they came there for Coach Luke, and um, they don't have that kind of commitment to the program like that. You know, they came for the coach, and – the players feel like, even though I think they went four and eight this past season, they felt like the program as a whole was going in the right direction because they had to come back from, I think they got some kind of NCAA sanctions from their previous head coach, Hugh Freeze. He got in trouble doing something. And because of that, or part that was part of it. And um, he basically had to step down and they had kind of not necessarily start over, but they had to kind of they the program took a step back, so the players felt like that. Yeah, this year was a little rougher or whatever, but they had they really they felt like they were turning the corner and that this coming season was really going to be the season for them to come out and make a difference. And they felt like the administration didn't give the head coach the chance to truly do that. They felt like the um, the administration was listening to the fan base, and ultimately, players said, you know, we don't care about what the fan base says. You know, it's cool. You know, we, we appreciate the fans. And I'm 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 thinking, like, as a player right now, what I'll be thinking, you know, we appreciate the fans and everything the fans do and all that stuff, but they're not here on a daily basis. They shouldn't be influencing the decision that's made about as far as the coach and the program. Um, usually most players can tell if a coach is a solid coach or not and if the program is truly one in the right direction. And these players definitely seemed distraught by the fact that, they feel like they were turning things around and the athletic department decided they're going to go a different direction. 
And the AD said the decision was for the program, but the players are just not on board with this at all. Um, the players also felt that, you know, they felt like this. They should at least, athletic department should have come and spoken with them about it, kind of get their thoughts on it at least to see if, um, you know, to see what their opinion was about the whole situation. So, um, I don't know. I can I can see it, but ultimately, I mean, it is a business, and it's a business of wins and losses. And the coach gets three years. I personally think a coach should get five years whenever he is trying to turn around a program. But it is uh, what have you done for me lately type society. That is our mindset. We want immediate satisfaction as far as everything. If we don't get it, and I'm sure they were getting pressure from their fan base, they're getting pressure from their boosters, and that's what it is: is their boosters because their boosters pay for a lot of stuff in the program. And so where the money comes, you want to make people happy. And those people, if they're not happy and satisfied, you lose their money, you lose their donations. Therefore, you got to bring someone else in to try to coach a team and get wins because wins equals more money for the program. And that is it. They don't care about the kids. They care about bringing in money for the program. And if the head coach is not bringing enough, or is not getting enough wins, that means boosters are not happy and they're complaining about it, and if they complain about it enough, they're not going to pay as much money to the program, and therefore your program suffers because um, there's not as much money going to it. So between the fans and the boosters, that's how coaches get fired really quick, unless you are winning games on a regular basis. And they haven't been. They've been mediocre to average so far. You know, I think they have improved. They could, they were looking better, but we'll see how it goes. Now, since I started researching on this particular subject, one thing I have learned is Ole Miss is going to hire Coach Lane Kiffin. Now, Lane Kiffin, he is kind of a firestorm in himself. You never really know what you're going to get with him. He's not exactly the most politically correct person. He is a great play caller. He is a great recruiter. He um, he's a great college coach. I think sometimes he's probably misunderstood. I don't know how it's going to be with him and Ole Miss. I don't know how that marriage is going to be. He kind of says some things how he feels like saying it, regardless of what it is for the program. But he will have players there. He will have athletes there. I will give him props. He will do that. He's a great recruiter. And um, we'll see how it goes. You, know, you saw what happened with Tennessee. You saw what happened in, well, USC really didn't get a chance to see what happened. But he can coach. He can recruit. We'll see if he can talk some of these players off the ledge. Um, I don't know if he's a player's coach or not. But um, it seemed like Matt Luke was a player's coach, and he was turning around. And, you know, he had kids believing. And kids believing in him, and they're obviously very distraught about it. And a lot of times players, they see it happening, but... Maybe the players didn't see it. They didn't believe it. They maybe they thought he should have had more time. But college football is big business. And it's all. And they haven't talked about it. But I guarantee you it's come down to the boosters and the money. Because not enough wins are happening fast enough. And usually people that are putting pressure on the athletic departments that are boosters. A lot of times they've never even played football in their lives. Never played sports in their lives. They just want to throw their money around and try to throw around their power because they have money. But they don't know jack about sports. But that's a conversation for another day. That is what it is for right now. 
Uh, I'll be interested to see what happens. See what happens. What see what Lane Kiffin can do for the program. Um, we'll see. I don't know. Okay, I want to uh, bring up something that I came across. Uh, same six forty ers radio announcer Tim Ryan was suspended for describing um, kind of. Uh, I don't know, for kind of the remarks that he made during the game, a 49ers game with the Baltimore Ravens last week. Um, involved the quarterback Lamar Jackson in the football. He said um, he's really good at that play fake, Lamar Jackson, but when you consider his dark skin color with the dark football, with the dark uniform, you cannot see the thing. Uh, that's what Ryan said on it. His comments have gone through you know, through social media and everything, they've kind of created a little bit of a firestorm. Uh, the radio station that he works for did suspend him for for a week as far as everything. And, you know, I think mostly that's really just to, to cover themselves because they didn't know whether or not the backlash should be strong or not. And obviously, you know, it was uh, as far as everything there. Um, I know Richard Sermon has come out and... You know, come to the defense of Tim Ryan. So has D Ford. They're players for the 49ers. Um, you know, basically Richard Sherman's saying, like, hey, you know, what he described, you know, it's true. As far as they know, we're out there. He's like, we did have a hard time seeing the, seeing the ball, you know, probably out there, combination being in the rain. You know, Lamar Jackson's super fast, especially with his, with his ball fakes and everything. And the football and the skin color are a similar color. It's just what it is. You know, so he's like, could Tim Ryan have worded it differently? Potentially, as far as that. But should he be suspended for it? No. And, you know, his teammate D Ford kind of echoed the same things. It's one of the things like I kind of agree with as well. I was like, come on. Now, Mark Ingram, who plays for, you know, the Ravens, he's running back for the Ravens and he's uh, Lamar Jackson's teammate. He basically called Tim Ryan a clown on Twitter. Um, and, you know, he's coming to the defensive teammate. I get it or whatever, but I don't even think Tim Ryan was trying to be like that about it. I don't think it was any kind of racial thing. He was just calling it like he saw it. <laughs> and, you know, that's just what it was. And, you know, we're just in, right now we're in a society where everybody is super sensitive about everything and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes you just got to pick the battles. Now, could he have worded it differently? Yeah, he could have. Do I think he meant anything by it? No. But I'm sure if there's some people that's going to be listening to this, I would take a different point of view on it and say, no, he should never say stuff like that. Or he should have um, he should have fought ahead and thought about the politically correct thing to say or not even say anything about it at all or whatever. And I don't know. I don't know what the actual right answer to it is. I just know me personally, I wasn't offended by it. I'm sure many of other people of color were not affected by it, were not bothered by it, and feel like he should be able to keep his job. I haven't listened to anybody like the Stephen A. Smiths or Jason Whitlock's out there that give their opinion on it. I don't know. I haven't heard it. I'm giving my opinion first. I listened to I saw what Richard Sherman said about it, and I agree with him on it. I don't expect anything you know from it. Hopefully, he's not suspended for this game, but I feel he probably will just because this has picked up 
some steam a little bit in Firestorm and all that, and um, and the backlash and whatnot. So I don't know. Like I said, everybody's super worried about being politically correct. Like I said, radio station probably did cover their backsides. I say it's whatever on this one. They should probably leave it alone. But this is where we live in. Um, everybody just don't say anything that's going to offend someone else. Um, and we'll have any problems. We'll be all good. <laughs> right. All right. We are here. Final segment of the show. Um, today it's called relax and take notes. And today I want to talk about Antonio Brown. This dude gets on my nerves because he's done a lot of stupid stuff over the course of his career. And I know that's going to happen. I understand it. Professional athletes do stupid things, but I never, and I never understand doing anything that's going to mess with your money. He did something that completely messed with his money. I've talked about it before. I am talking about it again because he's back out here on social media trying to pin an apology saying, you know, I'm sorry and I made mistakes and blah, 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 blah. I think it's because he realized now that you know, he could potentially get back in the league, but he didn't get back in the league this year and he thought he would and he didn't. He's still undergoing the investigation by the NFL. I think he's still going through a sexual misconduct investigation by like uh, of his former trainer or trainer slash friend, whatever it was, whatever they were. They're going through that right now. But now he's trying to go through and put all these social media messages saying he's sorry, and you know he his actions were, you know he shouldn't have acted the way he did and all this stuff because he wants to get back on the NFL team. He wants to play. I'm sure he'll be back in the league next year, and um, you know that's just what it is. And he's trying to do his due diligence in order to do so. The thing is, this dude had a contract signed with the with the Raiders. He had $40 million guaranteed. All he had to do was just shut up for another two days. He would got paid. And he didn't. He had to do his antics to get out of Oakland, sell what he said, and got shipped off to the Patriots. Like, literally, he could have just, two more days, just shut up. He didn't have to practice. He could have done what he'd done and just stay quiet, he would have got his $39.5 million guaranteed money. And now he's in court trying to get it, but now it's like, no, like he did whatever for a particular date. He shouldn't get that money because he didn't do anything for the team. He demanded he wanted a trade, and they, they traded him. They got rid of him. I do not feel bad. This is stupid as hell. This is his own fault, and I don't care. Antonio Brown is a great receiver, but he is dumb. And I'm not going to say the words I really want to say because – I'm trying to keep it kid-friendly-ish, but dude is stupid because he messes with his money. If you have $39.5 million sitting out there and it's supposed to be guaranteed, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to do what I can to get that money. And after that, you can do whatever you want. I don't care, but at least you got the money guaranteed coming to you right then. That's his own fault. I don't feel bad. He's not going to be able to get that kind of chunk of money at his age anymore. No one's going to sign him to a long-term contract for top dollar at this point. Now, the Patriots go out there and get him at a discount because he's lost his value. He's a year older. I'm sure he's still fast, and he's always going to be fast. He's always going to be pretty good for sure, but he's not going to get that top receiver contract because he's a liability, whether it's mental health issues or the fact he's immature or the fact that he's selfish. I don't know. I don't care, but it affects the product. 
on the field, if that's him even getting onto the field, and he screwed himself over. That's his own fault. So when I see the apology, he doesn't mean it. He just wants to get back in the league so he can try to get some money and try to get paid again. That's all it is. It's nothing more. Everybody can see it. And I don't know. I don't feel bad. It is what it is. So um, that's my thoughts. That's your relax and take notes segment. Antonio Brown, great football player, makes some stupid decisions. And it costs you a lot of money. And I don't care because you did to yourself. And I think it's hilarious. (laughs) So on that note, uh, finish up this podcast. Elena has been waiting for me to get done so she can go get a shower and get ready for the day. And I'm going to go watch the kids. So hit me up on social media, uh, on Twitter, at Franchise1122, on Instagram, at Terrell Dwayne 11 and on Facebook. I'm sure you can find me under Terrell coming. So appreciate y'all listening. Uh, You can listen on uh, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I think Stitcher's on there. Overcast is on there. There's something else that's on there. I can't remember off the top of my head. But do it. Listen. I'm probably putting some stuff on social media as far as um, being able to put your opinion as far as do voicemail. You know, I want to listen to it and be able to talk about it on the next show once we get really moving on it. So um, thanks again for the support. Thanks for listening. I definitely appreciate it. Um, hopefully I'm getting better. Hopefully I'm more interested in what I hear about myself. But I'm trying to have more guests down the stretch um, coming up after Definitely after the first of the year, but uh, come up for the holidays. Hopefully, have uh, another guest or two. I mean, keep it pretty interesting around here. So, uh, thanks again. I appreciate the support, and I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one.